This is Rhema for Today. There are some principles of prayer written in the book of God that apply to us whereby we can change things no matter what the devils are doing. Some people declare the Bible says that in the end time, and it does, 2 Timothy 3.13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceived and being deceived. Well, that's true. However, if you ever stop and think about it, According to the scripture that we read here from Genesis, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah were waxing worse and worse, weren't they? Yet God said that for the sake of ten righteous, he would not spare the city because a man of God had interceded in their behalf. Welcome to Rhema for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan wraps up his teaching, Prayer Series, Volume 3. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. I believe that there are people who will take their place in prayer just as Abraham did in intercession. If we will, we can change things. And it doesn't take a great number to do it. Notice that Abraham just one man are doing it. Just one man. Too many times we read in the newspapers... And I'll tell you, the older I get, the more I, I come to agree with Smith Wigglesworth. Now, you folks, uh, you know, uh, because I don't say I, I don't think Brother Sumrall's been here in the last two years, but he comes every once in a while, and you know, he's been in the ministry for over fifty years now, and he can tell you a lot of interesting things because he's preached all around the world for years, eighty different countries. But when he was a young man, he lived for three years there in Great Britain. He said, "I'd go see Brother Wigglesworth now every day." Tell you a number of interesting things. He said, one day I knocked on his door. See, Wigglesworth's over in his 80s now. And he said, I knocked on the door and uh, he'd bought him a newspaper, had that newspaper under his arm. And Wigglesworth, you know, came to the door and saw him, invited him in. He started in, Wigglesworth grabbed it. No, said, you can't bring that newspaper in here? No, sir. Took hold of it and throwed it to one side. You can't bring that newspaper in my house? I don't allow anything in my house that's talking about what the devils are doing. <laughs> what did you ever know? That's all he talked about, what the devils are doing. Rape, murder, burglary. All the report is what the devil's done. Amen. He wouldn't let one of them in his house. Amen. I don't know. You're more and more, you're sort of convinced that he's just about right about the matter. Don't let, don't let that in my house. Another thing Brother Summerall said one time, he asked him, asked Brother Wigglesworth, said, how are you feeling? You know, he said, he straightened up and said, Son, I never asked Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him how he feels. <laughs> you know what he was talking about, don't you? Because you're a faith person too, like him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But too many times, we read in the newspapers and we hear sermons preached about what the devils are doing. About how terrible things are. What an awful shape we're in. Well, if folks haven't really told you anything, you already knew that without them telling you. But if you go to church and you hear that kind of a sermon, you go away without having eaten anything spiritually. Your, your spirit hadn't been fed. Amen. I don't care what the devil's doing to tell you the real truth about the matter. There are some principles of prayer written in the book of God that apply to us whereby we can change things no matter what the devils are doing. 
Some people declare the Bible says that in the end time, and it does, 2 Timothy 3.13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceived and being deceived. Well, that's true. However, if you ever stop and think about it, according to the scripture that we read here from Genesis, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah were waxing worse and worse, weren't they? Yet God said that for the sake of ten righteous, he would not spare the city because a man of God had interceded in their behalf. Amen. Amen. Now open your Bibles to Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter. Here's another scripture concerning intercession. And it has to do with, with the land or the nation. That's what we're talking about. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30 and 31. Don't have your Bibles? Well, write this down, look it up, and then mark it. Don't let it get away from it. Now notice what God said. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me. What for? For the land. That is the country, the nation. That I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way. Notice the people are responsible, not God. He told them what's going to happen if you do wrong. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. Now God said this concerning Israel. Yet there is a spiritual truth that applies to us today. I sought for a man among them, but I found none. I found none. Now isn't that a terrible indictment? God had told Abraham that if he found ten righteous, he would not destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. In this scripture, he talks about a whole country, a nation, and he said if he found one man, he wouldn't destroy the land. One man that would stand in the gap. One man that would make up the hedge. In other words, intercede for them. One man could do it. Well, now some folks ask the question, if God really wanted to spare the land, why didn't he just do it? Why don't God just go ahead and do what he wants to do? Like this verse back there in 1 Timothy 2.4, we read, God wills that all men come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, why don't he just go ahead and save them anyway? Why don't he just go ahead and bring them to the knowledge of the truth? If he's almighty, if he's all-powerful, if he can do anything he wants to do, why don't he do it? Now, some people go off on that. In uh, the late 40s and early 50s, and then we had another outbreak of it back in the late 60s and early 90s, or early 70s, there's some folks, they got over into what they call restoration of all things. Thank God there is coming a time of restoration. But that's not till Jesus comes back again. But uh, they went to the extreme taking scripture out of their setting, you see. Like one of them said to me. Well, now, is God, you see, see, they, they start off, you know, by getting you, trying to put you at a disadvantage. Is God all-powerful? Is he all-knowing? Well, can he do anything, you know? Well, now, God said, He's not willing that any should perish, but also come repentance. And we read the same thing there in, in, in 1 Timothy 2. And he can do anything. And God doesn't will that any should be destroyed. Or any would perish. That's not his will. And Ben is he's all powerful and do anything. Therefore, all shall be saved. 
was reading that because the last church I pastored. 1946 through 47. This is over in 48, I guess, just before I left. A certain fellow I knew of him had an outstanding ministry. I never met him personally, but I knew of him because I'd been over in Pentecostal circles for 10 or 12 years. Outstanding Pentecostal preacher. Outstanding. But he got carried away with that. He's got this new revelation. And, and I read because he sent me a, a book that he had printed. In fact, he sent me two or three of them. Not all at one time, but as he printed them, you see. I guess he sent them out to all Pentecostal preachers, trying to get them to get in on his wonderful revelation. And here was his wonderful revelation, because God is all-powerful, not when then he should perish, then all will be saved. He said even the angels that sin would be saved, probably the devil himself. If anybody was lost, it'd just be the devil. He said, I used to think that my uncle, who was a drunkard and died cursing God, was lost. Now I know he's saved. Because God's not willing that any should perish. Well, if he's not willing that any should perish and he's just going to do it in himself, why would he tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel? No need to do it. See, but you, you take scripture out of the setting. And, and like Dr. Hicks said, you make the Bible say anything you want to say. And then this man went on to say another one of his relative, a lady relative that was a prostitute and she died in the arms of another man. I always thought she's lost. Now I know she's saved. Say, what did you do with the book? I burned it up. I was afraid some baby Christian would get a hold of it and mess them up. Amen. At least I'd just be one more that wouldn't get them poisoned. Amen. Amen. No, sir. The answer is found. Why, why, why doesn't God do these things? If he wants to spare that land, why don't he just go ahead and spare it anyhow? Well, you see, he pronounced a way back there in the beginning, if people sinned, if Adam and Eve sinned, he pronounced a curse on man and a curse on the earth and on the ground, didn't he? I said, didn't he? Go back to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, and after God made the earth and he made the fullness thereof, he made man. Then he gave to Adam, you know this as well as I do, dominion over all the work of his hands. Adam became the ruler of this world, in other words. However, he committed high treason and he sold out that dominion to Satan. Then Satan became the ruler. Satan became the God of this world and he began to dominate the earth. You remember in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse, Paul called Satan the God of this world. Notice what he said, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Well, now, Satan wasn't originally the God of this world, was he? In one sense of the word, you could say that Adam was the God of this world. In other words, he had the rulership of the dominion in this world. But you see, now, he didn't have the moral right to do it, but he had the legal right to do it. He sold out to Satan, and Satan became the God of this world. And that's the reason that those evil spirits would say, We know thee who thou art, thy holy one of God, as thou come to torment us before the time. They know that they can stay here until Adam's lease runs out. And his lease is going to run out one of these days. Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. This book... The Untapped Power of Praise yes. was a s series that I did several years ago, really. But I did it because God began to deal with me about the fact 
that people were not missing it in their believing Him. Yes. They were missing it in the praise. In the praise. And so the Word of God is full of praise. That's right. And this book is called The Untapped Power of Praise. And there is, there's 125 pages. There's six chapters. And it's all dealing with, with praise. The Untapped Power of Praise it's it's just something that that we have to realize that we haven't. The reason I call it the untapped yeah. is that we really haven't tapped in. We haven't done it as much as we should. Yeah, we haven't tapped into it like we should have. And then this is this is yours. I'll yes. let you talk about it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this uh, fuel your passion for God. You know, so many times. We only have a passion for God when we're in trouble. Right. And it's so important that we keep our passion for God all the time. So this is a CD on inspiring you for your passion for God. And you know, I trust that that will help you. Now these are being offered for a gift of $19 or more yes. for these two. But when you order those, you know, the world we're living in, there's so much negativism. I know. I have a two CD uh, series called Staying Positive in a Negative World. Yes. And everybody that orders the with the gift of $19 or more gets mm -hmm. the Fuel Your Passion and Untapped Power Price. I am going to throw this two CD set in yes. Staying Positive in a Negative That's World. That's right. Because I think this is something you need right now. Yes. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma. 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Monday, Kenneth Hagen will start a new and powerful teaching. That's next week on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Have a great weekend.